0: You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone this wonderful Friday? To pull back the curtain, we're recording this on Thursday evening. I've just concluded my 6 out of 10 Steelers minicamp. Uh, lots of buzz down there on the south side of Pittsburgh. We have a host and a, or we have a guest I can't wait to tell you about here in a moment. But before we do, I need you guys to do me a favor. And I need you to check out the Himalaya app for getting your podcast now. It's free. It's super easy to use. There's every single podcast you love and are searching for. So you can get Locked On NFL on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as your Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And please leave me a review there when you do. And when you get in your car, do me a favor and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On NFL. So... Let's get into it. One of my favorite guests from around the great Lockdown Network is Q Myers from Lockdown Raiders. Q, what is up? Man, I'm good, man. I'm having good. a good time.
1: I'm excited. This off season, as funny as it is, man, it's like the offseason is supposed to be the slow time, but I feel like as far as I'm concerned, that it's just been kind of flying by. And all of a sudden, you see OTAs. Then next thing you know, you got mandatory mini camp. Then you're in training camp. Then you got preseason. Then boom, the season's right there. And it sounds like it's far away, but I mean, it's literally less than 100 days right now.
0: So yeah, I'm pumped up, man. It's, everything is moving right along. Yeah, absolutely. And your team... The Raiders are clearly one of the more in the news, more exciting, good, bad, ugly, a lot to talk about throughout the offseason. They're kind of my vote. I hope they're on hard knocks this year. It sounds like there's a candidate for that. That would be a blast. And they've made a little bit of waves lately. Yeah, they really have. And I'll tell you right now, a lot of people have been talking to me about
1: the Raiders and hard knocks, and I am 100% against it. I do not want them on hard knocks at all just because well, you're a team coming off a of 4-12 season. I don't need a team worrying about where the cameras are at, what they're catching, right. if they're playing it up for the – you know what I mean? I don't need that for this team. This team needs to be 100% focused on the task at hand, even though they do have some large personalities, which would be great for TV, including their head coach, including their their general manager. I get all that, but, man, oh, man, from a fan's point of view, from a guy who just wants to see this team turn the corner and get back to where they're supposed to be, where they should be, I, I want them to stay 100 miles and running away from, a, from a Hard Knocks. But we'll see. Again, if you're just basing it on the personalities – and, and how it's made for TV, then they're a no-brainer shoe-in.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's funny because their head coach and their general manager have spent a ton of time on TV lately, all kinds of personalities. We were joking on the Steelers radio network today that AB would probably have a camera crew following the camera crew that's following him. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, it, it is made for TV. And just as an impartial guy, I would love to see the Raiders because it would be highly entertaining But if I'm in your shoes, if I'm in Raider Nation's shoes, I don't want it at all. I don't think it's going to be good at all for this organization. They need to get down to business and figure things out. Exactly right.
1: And honestly, I think what's going to ultimately happen, and this is just a gut feeling. I mean, I've heard nothing. I know nothing just based off my gut. I think that the NFL is going to anticipate the Raiders not being so good in 2019 and then force them to be on it in 2020 when they're actually headed into Vegas. Hmm. Not only that, the draft is in vegas and you know they're opening up a new stadium the facilities are going to be there it kind of all makes sense for them to to have themselves on on hard knocks when they're headed into their stadium and like i mentioned the draft being there so i think they're going to wait till 2020 but again that's just my gut feeling that's just what i'm rolling with all right let's talk about
0: the latest news your raiders signed richie incognito and here's my quick take on it is i think he's still a good football player last we saw but it's been a while who's to say he's not a young man I think Guard was a the position they could use an upgrade. Asimely's uh, not with the team anymore. But all we heard through the draft was, we're taking Farrell because he's such a high-character guy, and Abram, and this year you bring in Brown, who is documented that he can be disruptive, to say the least, and he has had some off-the-field run-ins with people. Perfect who frankly I think is the dirtiest player in the league. Incognito, who's in that conversation... Are the Raiders talking at both ends of their mouth? I mean, again, before I I get your response, Q, I'm all for anyone getting a second chance. I mean, I absolutely am. But these three guys, especially Perfect and Incognito, have scary histories that I think Al Davis would love, but it's not 1975 anymore either. No, it's really
1: not. And that's the biggest thing, man. And and when Vontez Burford was signed by the Raiders, that was one of the things on the podcast that I talked about so much that I just was not in favor of it. You know, I just wasn't because, one, I agree with you. I think he's the dirtiest player in the league. I think he plays with the edge, but then he plays over the edge. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's one thing to have a little bit of an edge and a little bit of a swagger to you that, you know, you're just a a guy who's trying to intimidate people. And then there's a, 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 a guy like him who goes out there and just does what he does. And so I was never in favor of it. A lot of people thought I was just hating on the guy. And, and then on top of that uh, like you mentioned well uh, Al Davis would have signed it back in the day and that's the kind of players that the Raiders got back in the day but that's not how the NFL is now no. you know what I mean like I'm not I'm not saying I don't want a guy that's intimidating and a tough guy and all that but that's not the league doesn't allow those dudes to exist anymore so that was a problem I had with this, the Vontez signing also, He's never available. You know what I mean? He misses so many games due to injury or suspension. So I wasn't happy with that either. But I do realize it's a minimum deal. It's a one-year deal. He might not, given his history of injuries, might not make it through training camp. No, no, you're right. You're right. You know what I mean? So at some point, I just kind of, okay, fine. He's on the team. I'm definitely going to pull for him just because he's on the team and I'm not that guy. But it's just it it, kind of bugged me with him just because I know – who he is and and the kind of player he is. But apparently Paul Gunther, the defensive coordinator, was really, really high on him and pounding the table for him. So John Gruden threw him a bone. Okay. I can get over that. No problem. And I
0: understand Gunther knows him better than you and I too, obviously, you know, exactly. That's, That's
1: his guy. He, he had a great history with him in Cincinnati and he loves him to death, almost treats him like a son. So fine. Okay. I get it. Richie incognito. That's another debated subject. That's been something that's been highly debated on the podcast. Is he worth it? Why would you sign him? Why would you talk about character guys? And this is the conclusion I came with. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to take the side of the Raiders. I'm not trying to make an excuse for Mike Mayock or, or John Gruden. You mentioned the guard position. Left guard is a huge hole. Yeah. They have no idea who they're going to fill in that, that left guard position. So this guy comes in. They only worked him out for two to three minutes, and they said, okay, he's in great shape. Don't need to worry about working him out anymore. Now is his mind in great shape. And this is my deal. I don't care if he plays for your team, my team, the next guy's team. I don't care who he is. If his mind is jacked up to be – in a position where it was for so many years when he was in Miami, when he was in Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo had to have uh, extra security for the guy. You know what I mean? Like they actually had security, extra security in the facility <laughs> just because the dude was, he was a loose wire. I mean, he just was. That's a little crazy, Mental yeah. health is no joke. You know what I mean? Like mental right. health is absolutely no joke. So I don't care what team a guy play, p- plays for. I want to make sure that he's upstairs, he's okay, because that, that all of a sudden could turn into something really, really bad. This dude is, you know, got arrested for doing something at his grandmother's house, like punching holes in the walls and, and and ripping out the security system, had a run in at the funeral home where his dad was trying to be buried. I mean, it's just there's so many issues. And so I say and, and I was really on the fence with this until I heard Mike Mayock's uh, press conference and Mike Mayock made it per- perfectly clear as far as I'm concerned that he has a lot of work to do not only on the field, but he has to do the work off the field. He has to prove day in and day out that he is right, that he's not a menace to society, that he's not a menace to that team, that he's not going to be that dude that's going to cause all kind of issues. So I feel like they're really going to be on top of him and pay attention to exactly what he's doing and make sure he takes every single step to being right. So, again, with a veteran minimum deal, with a one-year deal, if this dude doesn't cut it, then you cut him and there's no – there's no, no no nothing lost. No big deal. It ain't it's not a big deal. Now, if he does succeed and he is the guy and he does keep his mind right and he stays out of trouble and he's not trying to bully everybody. Colton Miller, I'm looking at you. You know, he if he's trying to, you know, be on the on the straight up, you know, narrow and walk the straight line, then he might be a guy for a year. Maybe even two if if he can keep his mind right. But I'll tell you right now, you want to talk about every single night having your phone on ringer and hoping that it doesn't go off. That's what it is when you have uh, Richie Incognito and Vontaze Burford on your team.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I hadn't thought about the Colton Miller angle till now, too. But, boy, he's kind of screaming to get picked on a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Not exactly a glass eater at the offensive line position right now. No. But, um, maybe lighting a fire on him can help. I mean, you bring up great points. Even A.B., a- you give up an early third and early fifth for him. I mean, the investments in these three is minimal, My worry is how do you influence the young players? How do you influence the locker room? In terms of football, what they gave up and what they could get in response for the three of them is obviously a win. But there's more to it when you're rebuilding a team, and it's all about culture to me. Yeah, no, you're right. And and the thing about it is something that uh, Mike Mayock
1: mentioned as well, even going into the draft, was it's all about foundational players. It's all about guys with high character, high football IQ, guys that, you know what I mean? Guys like that, well, that works if you're going to have guys that are going to be around for the long haul. Like a Cleveland Farrell, he's supposed to be around four or five years. Josh Jacobs, he's supposed to be around four or five years. Uh, Jonathan Abram, he's supposed to be around four or five years. Uh, What's his name, Vontez Burford? He ain't going to be around four or five years. Richie Incognito, he won't be around four or five years. I think that they tried to balance it out, uh, enough guys that have those high football IQs, high character qualities, with – a couple of car thieves, and I say this all the time, and people always joke about it when I say it. Football teams and championship teams are built with choir boys and car thieves. Incognito, absolute car thief, maybe even a car jacker. Vontaze Burfitt, absolute car thief. The rest of the guys that they got around around them, some car thieves, some choir boys. You know what I mean? It's kind of a blend of everything. That's how you win games, car thieves and choir boys. <laughs> I, like the, I like the way you're
0: looking at it that way. Folks, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book it with your own. Book your own at Hotels.com. Get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. All right, Q. We're back. And you mentioned a couple of this a couple dudes out of this draft class. And I don't want to break down the entire draft class with you. There were, what, three firsts, a second, three fourths, a fifth, and a seventh. But there's a handful of these guys that I wanted to discuss with you. Not all at the top either, but I want to start with Josh Jacobs. I adore this pick. I mean, to me, that was exactly what they needed. I know it was a poorly kept secret. Kyler Murray aside, I think he has a tremendous chance to be Offensive Rookie of the Year.
1: I've said it. I said it since day one. I believe he's going to be offensive rookie of the year. Uh, I'm very, very excited about Josh Jacobs. A lot of people, you know, kind of threw some some salt at me and some slugs my way because you don't take a running back at number 24 in the first round. But I don't. I don't buy that, especially when you have three first round draft picks. You know what I mean? Like when you have that many options, you go out and get the guys that you think fit your team that can help you succeed and be a winning team quicker than you know rather than, than later. So I like Josh Jacobs. I like him a lot. I got to talk to him in Nashville before the draft. I even floated the idea to him like, hey, uh, Marshawn Lynch is not going to be around. You think you could be a Raider? And he just kind of gave me that look and laughed a little bit. And, you know, he and then he told me later after the draft, yeah, you know, Gruden had already told me that with one of our picks, as long as you're on the board, we're going to come get you. So I'm excited about the guy. I'm excited about his backstory. I love the fact that he's gone through so much you know, bad stuff in his life and had to overcome that so much adversity. And it kind of shows the guy he is. And it kind of goes back to those characteristics and those that high character guy. This dude had to really grind. I mean, he couldn't take anything for granted because, well, he didn't have anything. You know, what I mean, so he's he's one of those guys where, you know, he's going to give you everything he's got. I mean, from a guy who had to sleep in his car and his dad's car, you know, all over different hotels and had to sleep on the floor because there were bullets flying around him. I mean, there's all kind of things he's had to deal with in his life. I think he's going to come out and be a stud, and I think John Gruden's going to use him so many different ways in this offense. I said it before, and I believe I said it to you, that he could be a very Alvin Kamara-type guy, Mm -hmm. and if you add Alvin Kamara to this Raiders offense, I think you could add Alvin Kamara to any offense in the league and someone's going to be happy, so I'm fired up about Josh Jacobs. I've predicted him to be the Offensive Rookie of the Year, and uh, we'll just see how it shakes out. But I, I I feel really, really comfortable in saying that.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I used to have Mike Renner on all the time from Pro Football Focus, and a lot of the analytics folks, kind of like you alluded to, you don't take running backs in the first round. And they can p- put out a whole book of reasons why, and it's very convincing. And, and I get that. Right. And why on earth would the Giants take Saquon Barkley? That's the worst pick ever, and it's not a knock on the player. I get all that. But man, do you really think Dallas Carolina the Giants do you think they're unhappy with their their use of an early round pick on a running back? You know what I mean? Like Not at all. Right. Yep. And and Jacobs to me fits that mold.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what I look at. I look at a guy that could do so many different things. And, and we talked about it before, he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his tires. I mean, that was you a positive go- to
0: me, like come on, exactly, Right, right. Ex-
1: you can't go wrong. I mean, hell, Todd Gurley was drafted after tearing the ACL. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, come on, this dude is healthy. He doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his tires. He's got a great head on his shoulders. He comes from Alabama, where you know that Nick Saban made him work very, very hard just to get on the field and be the guy that he was. Yeah, I think he's got a great opportunity to flourish and be somebody in this offense. And I really think he's going to be one of Derek Carr's best friends because worst come to worst, you saw how many catches Jalen Rashard had in 2018 out of the backfield. I mean, just little dump-offs. Well, Josh Jacobs, he don't need to just get dump-offs. He could run routes. You know what I mean? Oh, he, yeah. he actually practices running routes, and he's practiced with wide receivers. So, I mean, this guy takes another uh, another page out of the book, and I'm not going to say you know it's very Le'Veon Bell type, but he kind of has some Le'Veon Bell type characteristics. You know oh, what I mean? I mean it, it's really him. hard to put anyone's name on Lev Bell, besides Lev Bell, but he has some of those characteristics where he could do so many different things that he's almost one of those matchup nightmares. So I just think he's going to get so much use out of the backfield, also receiving the ball, plus he can block. So yeah, I I think this is going to become one of Derek Carr's uh, favorite weapons, favorite little new toys, and he's really, really going to flourish. And the Raiders finally have a running back of their own. Not a guy that they brought out of retirement, not a guy that they had to sign as a free agent and he's kind of looking at the tail end of his career, but their own guy. They can groom this guy. They have a new dude that plans on being there for some years with them that they can mold into who they want him to be.
0: Yeah, and I'll take all the Clemson and Bama guys I can get, that's for sure. Exactly. They got four of them, you know? I mean, that's not an accident. Um, Last note on Jacobs, too, is obviously we're both big fans. He's already aligning in the slot. He's splitting out wide. He is going to run receiver routes. Say what you want about Gruden. I think Gruden is still a very good offensive mind. I thought he schemed up Jared Cook very well last year. And I still think the number one goal of this offseason has to be, let's put Derek Carr in the best position to succeed so we know if he's our guy or if we have to go get Tua or whoever next year. And I think Jacobs helps tremendously in that regard. I mean, there's no excuses. You know, this is something that we've talked about on this podcast so many
1: times. Is is Derek Carr the guy? You know, and some people get tired of the conversation because they're sold on him being the dude. And I'm not saying he's not the guy because we all well referenced 2016 and we saw what he did. Well, now he's got to show and prove. You know what I mean? It's 2019. You're in the second year of John Gruden's offense. You have a ton of weapons. If you can't succeed with Antonio Brown, with Tyrell Williams, with Josh Jacobs, with Hunter Renfro, that's a guy that I'm very excited about. You mentioned Clemson guys dude, I'm he might very be a excited starting about. slot exactly <laughs> right, he doesn't right. put the ball he doesn't put the ball on the ground yeah he just doesn't that's what I'm excited about him for if you can't succeed with all these new weapons oh by the way you just paid a ton of money to a guy for to be a right tackle so you can stay upright and you know you brought in uh one of the guys who could be the dirtiest dude in the league and Richie Incognito just to help uh, solidify that offensive line they are putting all the weapons around him where it's like okay There should be no excuse. You have so much room to succeed now, now that we've done this, now it's just up to you to go out there and do it. And again, something that Raider fans will tell you all the time, he was great in Bill Musgrave's offense in his second year. So, okay, it's the second year of John Gruden's offense. Now John Gruden and the front office are telling you, all right, it's your baby. Go out there and run with it. They didn't draft a quarterback. They didn't do any of that, even though everybody and their mother said they were going to. They didn't. Now... Go make it. Go, go, prove it. Go show that you're the guy. You're getting paid like the guy. Now go prove you are the guy.
0: Yeah, I think the last thing you want if you're the Raiders fan isn't necessarily for Carr to fail. It is to end the season with an incomplete grade. I, I need to know the day that the buzzer ends on the 19th season, yes, I'm in on Carr, or no, I'm not. I, I can't be, eh, maybe we didn't give him enough. I can make an excuse for him. I need to see, no, you're not my guy, or yes, you are my guy. And two other late picks. You mentioned Renfro. I'm also big on Foster Moreau. I like both those picks for now and the long term. Moreau may be the starting tight end for a long time. No, he really
1: might be, and the thing about him, the only thing I caution about him is not the lack of numbers that he put up at LSU. Uh, I, I liked, I'm i okay with that. I think he's way more athletic than than what his numbers show. I just think that, well, it's LSU, and they don't have a, a prolific offense, especially nah, for the right. tight end position. I know he's a leader because he was rocking the number 18, and that's something that all the, the leaders on, on that LSU team do. That's just a tradition there, so I know that that's something that's positive. I think that it's just going to be difficult for him to transition into the NFL immediately. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, definitely. That was was my only concern with them not having a big-time veteran in front of them. Once they lost Jared Cook, I thought, "Eh, you might want to make a move for a big-time tight end, and they went out and grabbed a couple guys that I'm not sold on. Darren Waller, though, he's the guy that's supposed to be making a lot of noise in OTAs. and Look, it's only OTAs, so you can't really get too hyped up about it, but – He's supposed to be making a lot of noise. The Raiders picked him up from Baltimore during the season last year, matter of fact, right after they played Baltimore. So, he's a real athletic dude, a guy who is very fast, he's got good hands. He's had some issues off the field that he's got to kind of stay clear uh, stay clean with, you know, and, and so he's got some issues that he's got to take care of, but I, I think Foster Moreau in the long run is going to be really stinking good. I, I really do. I just think that his first-year transition is going to be slower than most Raider fans want, so there's got to be some guy that can pick up the slack, and if it's Waller, cool. If it's not, the Raiders need to make a move because, in my opinion, that's the biggest hole in the team right now is a tight end position.
0: Yeah, let's stick with that just for a second because it's funny. I, I sat down with Vance McDonald yesterday after practice. The Steelers always give us one guy, and I'm talking to Vance who just turned 28 years old not long ago, and I said, Vance, I don't know if you know this But the numbers show tight ends start to hit their peak around 27 years old, which is much later than wide receivers and running backs. And he was like, oh, I didn't know that. Are you sure about it? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm sure about it. He's like, I'm going to go research it. And I ran into him today and he's like, I did some research on that. And you're 100% right. I'm feeling, and I feel it. As a 28 year old, I'm really starting to feel like I have my NFL legs under me. And I think Moreau's almost a very similar guy. Like Raiders fans chill for a while, Give him a couple years, he might be your Vance McDonald or whomever, you know, three, four years down the road. I I like that a lot from him. And I also wanted to just give my quick take on Waller, too, because I don't know if I've told my audience about it. He came to the league as kind of a leggy, long, wide receiver type. I thought he might be a Colston. Maybe he's more outside the numbers, and he's put on a little bit of weight. And the reality is, if him and Jared Cook walked in the room, I don't think they'd look much different. I mean, I bet they'd be long-limbed, lean, tall guys that honestly aren't going to block anybody anyways. <laughs> you know, so right. he, he may surprise. No, he, he really might. He really might.
1: And, again, uh, there's been a lot of glowing reviews about him so far. And, again, I mean, it's, it's a long way. You know, a lot of people will get excited about a lot of different players in OTAs when there's no contact, when there's no pads on, when they're not popping each other. I mean, when they're just out there, you know, basically doing a glorified seven-on-seven. Seven. You know what I mean? They're doing some things. Oh, but. Yeah. Right now, they're feeling pretty good about how he is, and if he can be that dude, if all of a sudden he could just, you know, shoot out of nowhere. I mean, he had some moments where he shined in 2018; he really did. So, if he could all of a sudden pop out of nowhere and be the guy, then hey, you know, great. The Raiders were way ahead; the front office was way ahead of the curve and knew what they had, and that's why they didn't sweat it. But uh, again, man, it's it's you're risking, you're rolling the dice a a lot when you're just rolling on a guy who's unproven, and, and you just basically let a guy that. You had a great chemistry with, you had a great season in 2018 with. I mean, he had the best numbers he ever had in his career. Went out there and got a nice little deal from the Saints. And it wasn't a whole lot of money, but it was a decent amount of money. That was the best year of, of Jared Cook's career. You let him walk out the door, you better have a backup plan for not having him anymore.
0: No, I hear what you're saying. And it is a whole, it is a question mark. But of course, I mean, with especially Brown and Jacobs on board, it's going to be a yep. lot less tight end dependent passing game than it has been last year. I mean, that was kind of by default, in my opinion. I it better be. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, quick break, and then I want to get Q's opinion about the rest of the AFC West. We'll be back here in a moment. Q, a lot of people are kind of raving about what Denver did. And I have mixed feelings. I mean, frankly, I I know their offensive line will be a lot better with Munchak. I think Fant right. is a nice nice guy for... Flacco is a very Flacco-friendly weapon, but more importantly, he's going to be maybe Drew Locke's best friend when that time comes. I yep. wasn't a Locke believer, but when you get him where they got him, okay, you know, I mean, I can see that, but I, I still don't look at Denver and think this is a playoff contender. And I'm not sure the defense is as good as people think.
1: Yeah, you know, the thing about it, the thing with Denver is, you know, I'm not sold on Joe Flacco. I've never been sold on right. Joe Flacco ever maybe it's a bump
0: but it's a small bump
1: right exactly I mean I just I I just I've seen him win a Super Bowl yes but again not a a big believer in him so again they they have a quarterback there that they they feel pretty comfortable with right now no offense like you said I don't think he's going to be a factor right away because everything we said about rookie tight ends going into the league is just Mm -hmm. not an easy position to pick up immediately so I think he's a hell of a talent I think he's going to be a good player, but I don't think he's going to be that guy immediately. So what I am focused on, though, I'll tell you when it comes to Denver, is the fact that Vic Fangio is taking over as the Huge. head coach. Yeah, You know what I mean? If he can figure out a way to be the defensive coordinator that he's always been wherever yeah. he's been in the league and still run the head, the head coaching position, then I think Denver's defense is going to be pretty nasty because Vic Fangio is a great defensive coordinator. I've always really respected him, thought highly of him. If he can get... Von Miller on one side, Bradley Chubb on another side. You know what I mean? You got some yeah. other cats here. You got Harris now. You got him under contract at least for the year. You know, you you got you got some dogs on defense. If he can get those guys humming, I'm not saying they're gonna go out there and play lights out like the Bears, but I do expect them to be better. Now, I still think because their offense is gonna have some deficiencies, I still think they're gonna lose some games, and I think that they're not gonna be competing for anywhere close to the playoffs. So, you know, it, it's gonna be a rough year for Denver, but I do think that they have some pieces in place. And if given time, I think Vic Fangio could really do some things, especially on the defensive side of the ball in Denver. So I'm I'm not sold on them being great, but I do think in some time they're gonna be a lot better than what we've seen as of late.
0: I think the best thing Denver did was hire Fangio and then Munchak. I mean that that should yep. be the best thing yep. that happened to that team and could pay off for the next five, ten years if they have, they show some patience. You know, you look around your division and Kansas City's a nasty place to play. I think Denver's as bad as anywhere to play with the altitude and then the weather hits. And frankly, where I'm going with this is I think the chargers are the best team in the division, but I don't know how you can keep overcoming having no home field advantage. (laughs) You know I mean? That's rough, man. No, they don't.
1: They have absolutely none. I mean, they're they're not going to have any when they move into the stadium in LA. They sure don't have any uh, in the little soccer field that they're playing right now. Any team that goes into there always has a home field advantage. That's, that's crazy to me. I just don't understand it. I always think that the Chargers are a really good team, and, and I put them at the top of the AFC West with the Kansas City Chiefs. I put both those teams right up there. But the thing with the Chargers is they always find a way to charger it up. You know what I mean? For, for lack of better words, they, do. they find ways to fumble things away. You know, if it's big time injuries, if it's they just miss kicks. Special teams. It's, right. Yeah. It's, right. It's something always goes wrong with the Chargers, where I'll I'll all of a sudden fall into a trap where I say, "Dang, that team's going to be really good. Oh man, they have a chance to really go deep into the playoffs and and make a run and push somebody." And then something happens, you know, late interception, a fumble, or you know, and usually, like you said, special teams comes into play. All the time. I just yeah. don't know if the Chargers can ever get over themselves. Not over, you know, <laughs> just one little thing. It just seems like there's always something getting in their way. So. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think the Chargers are really good, but I'm not going to fall for that banana in the tailpipe where I believe, you know what, the Chargers are going to take the AFC West, and there's no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, and to me, the Chiefs are sort of the opposite that way, that I don't think Andy Reid gets the credit he deserves, as probably, in my opinion, being the second best coach of this generation, um, the, the dominance he has within the division, and now you give him Mahomes, I mean, like, that's a little unfair to the rest of the league, in my opinion. Tyreek Hill thing looms gigantic. I mean, I th- I'm not sure that they made up for getting rid of Hunt. I don't know that they can be I don't know that Mahomes can be at the A plus level, you know, that he was this past year. I gotta think he's gonna throw a couple more to the other team. Yeah. But the, the 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 trust in the organization, unlike I have with the Chargers, Reed Mahomes just makes up for so many warts. It really does,
1: and again, and, and look, it's been funny, man, because over the past few weeks, I've been getting really drilled for for showing the Chiefs some respect. Obviously, the Chiefs are a, are a hated rival of the Raiders, so I mm-hmm. get it. But man, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to people. I'm not gonna blow smoke up their tail and be like, oh, the Chiefs are gonna stink. Look, Patrick Mahomes is really good. <laughs> is <laughs> he's really right? good. He's really good. I've known he's really good since he was playing at Texas Tech. Hell, I'm in Texas, where the they the, they play in the Big Twelve. I mean, I, I see him all the time. Cliff Kingsbury just couldn't win with him, which all of a sudden parlayed into a job at Arizona. But that's a whole whole other uh, conversation. <laughs> yeah. But So I know he's really good. So I've always had a respect for Patrick Mahomes. The minute he got drafted to the, the Chiefs, I just shook my head. I was standing in Philadelphia at the steps of the draft and thought, oh, no. I don't want to see that guy twice a year for the next eight, nine, ten, eleven. Who uh, who knows how long? Right. That is, is is he's going to be a problem, you know. And then Andy Dude, Reed, Andy like Reid won
0: with Hoying and Kevin yes. Cobb, and now you give him a Mahomes. Oh boy,
1: exactly, right. exactly. So I do believe that Tyreek Hill is a big issue, but I do think in the draft they went and got a couple guys. You know, uh, they got guys. Matter of fact, their first wide receiver. Matter of fact, their first pick, I believe, in the second round, uh, Har uh, uh, yeah. Harmon. He was a uh, he's a burner. you know. Absolutely. He's a guy that all of a sudden, maybe you could see him sliding into that Tyreek Hill position, so I think that they're going to kind of reload the running back position. Yeah, they lost Hunt, but they picked up Carlos Hyde during free agency. They picked up, uh, they had Damian Williams running really well last year. Uh, they picked up a dude uh, in the sixth round out of Utah State that's a small little scat-back type dude, so I think that they got guys, you know, and until proven otherwise, this is what I've been trying to tell Raider fans, and some of them accept it and re- realize it, and some of them get angry and and call me a Chiefs fan, which we all know that that's not the truth. But whatever. Um, that, uh, until proven otherwise, until, one, Derek Carr can go into Kansas City and win a game in the cold, that, that, that's one thing. But uh, the other thing is until someone knocks them off that pedestal of being the AFC West champs, that's who they are. And they you know it. what I mean? Yeah, that, they that, do. That, they were one offsides away from being in the Super Bowl. Not the Patriots, but the Chiefs. If D4 is not offsides, one he's probably still playing for the team and two he's probably they're probably they're in the Super Bowl no doubt about it not a probably about it they're in the Super Bowl so Definitely. it's a it's a, it's going to be a tough division man i mean I'm, I'm excited about it i think all the teams have improved in a, in a pretty major way but Ultimately, when you have a team that's, that is looking as good as the Chiefs did, at least in 2018, which is just a couple months ago, you've got to give them their respect until proven otherwise.
0: No, you're 100% right. Q, you're the man. Uh, I told you I'd keep you 20 minutes. Of course, it went half an hour. I could do another half hour of my sleep <laughs> chatting with you right now. It goes fast. Um, please tell everyone where they can find you besides the Locked on Raiders podcast. And I've noticed, too, that you're starting to really go around the league on your Locked on Raider podcast, too.
1: Yeah, I really am. I'm dipping into OTAs. I'm dipping around the league, the division. You know, I just kind of want to get uh, some ideas of how things are going. And, you know, I'm going to do this throughout the training camp. I plan on touching on all 32 teams. Uh, but, yeah, you can, you can find me, uh, obviously, on Twitter, at your boy Q254. But every single weekday, Monday through Friday, 12 to 3 Central Time, I, I do a radio show on ESPN Central Texas. So those interviews that I've been doing for, you know, around the league, I'm also just putting them on the radio station as well just as a, nice. kind of an NFL – uh, just follow-up and a recap and, and just kind of owning the NFL. So, uh, yeah, ESPN Central Texas, noon to 3, Monday through Friday, you can find me, and then always, always, always on the Locked On Raider Podcast. And anytime you call, I'm definitely going to be a guest on your show.
0: Love it, brother. Um, folks, that's a wrap for the week. I'm going to have some more Locked On hosts on next week. For somebody in particular, throw it out there on Twitter. I'll do my best to have them. Got to utilize this great resource What is the whole Locked On network. Uh, over and out, everyone. Take care. We will see you.